All right, greetings, everybody. Um, we just want to thank each and everyone again for joining with us. Uh, we are going to be looking at some instructions for Christian living, how we live. Uh, this is our final study on Galatians chapter 6. We're going to be ending with that, uh, Galatians chapter 6. We've gone through over the past few weeks um, the entire book of Galatians. And today it's going to um, take us through uh, the end of Galatians chapter 6. Uh, Sina Pastor, would you like to um, bring a greeting before we start? Yes. We just praise the Lord again for today. And I hope that everybody has been paying attention to this series that is coming to us from week to week. A um, lot of instructions have been given by Paul, some things that he encountered during his time of traveling and preaching, and it was good back then, and it is still good today. Bible hasn't changed at all. Whatever thing was written for time was written for our learning, and these great patriarchs, great preachers, prophets and apostles, they encountered some things along the journey, and they have left the record for us to help us along in our daily walk with God. And as Pastor O says, it's instructions for Christian living, how we are to live. When we are saved, we live differently from before we got saved. Um, there is an instruction, I guess, for those who are in sin. And we said last week that that's what you did when you were in sin. Because you didn't know better. And we did sinful acts because that's what we did. So these are instructions for Christian living. And I know we live in the age and time now where people don't want to be instructed. But um, whatever we are saying or doing is biblical. And, um, you know, as Paul, Paul did, he had those who were against whatever he was saying, and they followed him around, and they, they tried to distort and discourage, and we have the same thing happening now. Pay attention, brethren, to whatever is being said and done. It's written in the holy volume, and we need to pay attention to it. It will help you in your Christian walk. It will help you to make the grade. Um, somebody studying for an examination must beat the book sometimes late at night. Sometimes you're up by yourself until the wee hours of the morning. Um, well, the Christian pathway is not as easy as some people take it to be. It's a hard road to travel, and it's a mighty long way to go. But if we follow the instruction, it will help us and make our life's journey and our Christian path a little bit easier than it can be. So pay some attention today as we go through this lesson. Blessings to you all. Amen. And, and Galatians 6 verse 9, which is the, the main text of Galatians chapter 6 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing. Um, another version says, doing well. 
for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And I think that goes with what our senior pastor is saying, is that there are times when we faint, when we stop doing good or stop running the race well. And it's incumbent on all of us to run the race well. Uh, there are times when we are going to trip. There may even be times when we are going to fall. But we must get up again Amen. and start running the race again because we are all not perfect. There are times when we're going to make mistakes. In fact, there are times when we're going to make huge mistakes, huge errors in the faith. Uh, but just know that every time that you have an opportunity to wake up in the morning, those are new mercies. Those are new opportunities to make your wrongs right. And that's something I think that's echoing in the book of Galatians, that the, the, the mercies, the grace that we receive from God is an opportunity to make our wrongs right and to live uh, a Christian life that is pleasing unto the Lord. Um, it, I'm going to do an introduction if this even needs an introduction. Uh, but right after that, then our senior pastor is going to kind of give us a summary. And then, you know, I'll come back and, and do a, a conclusion or a closing, so to speak, um, to this particular lesson. But when I look at uh, Chapter 6, I actually look at two main themes, um, two big themes. And the first part talks about helping each other. We must help each other. That's a part of the Christian life. We are not to be selfish, but we are to help each other. The second big theme is that we must always do good, as I read a while ago, that we should not be weary in well-doing, in doing well. We must always be uh, doing good. We must always live well, live good. Uh, we established a few weeks ago that we are a living sermon. People are going to see us, and when they see us, they must see the God in us. So we are a living sermon, and it's important for us uh, to live good and live well and treat others well, right? Paul goes over the teachings of Christ. In Galatians chapter 6, he covers topics including helping each other and always doing good. Paul mentioned that there maybe some people in the fellowship who were doing things that were not right. He instructed the ones who were living in the way of the Spirit to gently correct that person. He gave a warning to the ones living in the Spirit to be careful that they do not get tempted to sin while helping the others. In addition, Paul said that nobody was too important to help others. He warned against comparing oneself with others. He said one should only look at their own work and life and accept responsibility for only the tasks they have been given individually. Right? Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, 
that those who were learning God's word should share their blessings with their teacher. Um, and he then Amen. discussed the notion of sowing what one reaps. Those who give heed to the lust of the flesh, Paul explained, would end up reaping negative things such as corruption and sins. On the other hand, those that sowed in the spirit would reap rewards like everlasting life. That is Amen. what Jesus promised to those who listened to and followed his words. Paul ended his letter to the Galatians by saying he wrote the letter himself. He said there are many who will still preach about the importance of circumcision. And we established that circumcision when you hear about the word circumcision is talking about the law, right? The Mosaic law. Or the, you know, last week we talked about the first five books, the Torah, the Pentateuch, right? But that was only because they do not think Christ is enough. And that's another theme. The, the, you know, you know when, you're, when you're talking about Christ being enough, some people are looking that they have to do this or they have to do that. They have to do this in order to gain salvation you know, the works of the flesh in order to, you know, if I do this, if, if I read the scripture and I am able to memorize all 66 books, then I know I'll make it into heaven, right? But that's not how it is. We are given grace, God's grace. And regardless of how knowledgeable we are of scripture, there are some people that are even more knowledgeable than we are, but they're not saved, Right? They haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So it's important for us to understand that doing anything is not going to merit God's grace. He gives it to us Amen. anyway, right? But a part of the Christian life is reading the Bible, is memorizing Scripture, is understanding what the Word of God says so that we can live our purposes out um, as He directs, as the Holy Spirit directs us walking in the Spirit, as we talked about last week. Uh, he reiterated, Paul reiterated, that Christ was enough and circumcision was no longer important for those who were not under the law. Finally, he signs off by saying that he would pray that Jesus' grace would be with them always. And that's our prayers, that God's grace continues to be with us always. Senior Pastor. Praise the Lord. And um, thank you, Pastor O. We could almost treat several subtopics there on this, this lesson. Um, verse 9 um, jumped out at me this morning, and I kind of preach it to myself. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in what we do for others. Continue to do that. Sometimes you wonder, why do I have to do this and why do I have to do that? And even in church, it becomes almost the same thing. Why does the church have to do this? Why do we have to do that? People ask me all the time with what I do. Why do you work so hard? Why do you do that? You know why I do it? Because when I drop off like the stuff I'm doing, 
not talking about preaching and teaching and praying and singing, but even in the physical stuff because it's still a ministry. And somebody said, boy, God sent you here on time because we had nothing. That makes me feel good. And I've always said to us that God is not coming back to ask you how well you preach or how well you sing because those are responsibilities. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. These are some of the responsibilities that come with being called into God's vineyard. You don't come to just sit down and eat and drink. We have work to do. And sometimes even at church, I know we become weary because of what needs to be done. But if not you, then who else? It should, you should feel good that you are counted worthy to be called involved in the service of the Lord. So I just, I just want to speak to weariness this morning because you, you, you get weary sometimes from your secular job and church sometimes it might be the same thing. Although some people who get weary, they're not really doing anything. But um, we can't get up, come to church. You don't feel like getting out in bed. I want to speak to weariness this morning. Sometimes Amen. we feel that it is too much. Huh? We are exhausted, almost burnt out. We are tired. Oh, but my friend, Jesus being weary with his journey. He got weary too. Spiritual father as compared to Jesus, the son, the man, he got weary with his journey and he sat down on the well, not so much to rest, but he sat down because he had work to do. And even in his weariness, he was talking to somebody, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. So I want to speak to that weary spirit this morning that you get out of that, lift yourself up, and and know that what you're doing it's for the Lord, and don't be exhausted. You'll get exhausted, but, you know, just pray to the Lord to renew your strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew, shall renew their, their strength. strength. Amen. So we need a renewal this morning. And, and do you feel like you didn't want to get up this morning? Speak to that weariness. Shake up yourself. Shake yourself from the dust. For in due season... Or not too long from now, in the time appointed, we shall reap. We shall be rewarded if we faint not. Do you feel faintish this morning? Do you feel fed up? Do you feel like all your strength is gone and you don't want to do anything else? Let us not be weary, my friends, in well-doing. And then he also talked about restoration, restoring the weak and fallen, those who are strong. It is said that the Christian um, church always shoots its fallen soldiers. We don't need to do that. We need to restore those who are fallen. And if you don't know how to do it, don't even attempt let somebody else who is strong do that. And all of us should be strong. It's not just about the pastors and the ministers. Every member of the body of Christ ought to get to that place where you are strong enough to help somebody else. Amen? We um, lift up the fallen, they said. We are the erring one. Tell them of Jesus. 
the mighty to save. Restoration is important. The church, as I've always said, is an hospital. A lot of sick people will come. Sickness of all degree, sickness of mind, sickness of body, sick in the soul, and they will come, and we need to restore them. We need to treat them spiritually, you know, because uh, even in the church, a lot of people have spiritual corona, and they need restoration. And, uh, and we, are told, we are told what to do, um, even for your own self, for your own growth, for your own well-being, for your own health. Um, those who came down with COVID, they told you what to do. Self-monitor for fever, cough, or other symptoms. Avoid contact with sick people. Delay any travel plans until you get better. Wash hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover mouth and nose with a tissue or sleeve when coughing or sneezing. Then throw the tissue in the trash. So you've got to help yourself. Paul says when, while you're trying to help somebody else, you must consider your own self. Yourself. He says we must Amen. bear one another's burden. When something is too hard for us to bear alone, there are always somebody else to help us to shoulder the load. But he says, and the Bible does not contradict itself, each person must carry his or her own cross of discipleship or burden. Each person must carry his or her own cross. Somebody can't bear your cross for you. You must bear your own cross, and you're going to get to that stage. Then he also talked about sowing and reaping. He says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And again he capped it. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Um, sow and expect to reap. Sow good seed and expect to reap. Um, one songwriter said, May the light have done speak for me. You're going to get to that stage where you are sick and, you know, you are feeble. You're going to get to that stage where death comes. But may the seed that you have sown, and it's reaping time. There's going to be a reaping time. There's going to be a reaping time. We put, we, we're just in a backyard garden. And we put in Kalalu and man, it looks so good. We don't expect to reap peas. Yes, we have peas out there, but it's not the time for reaping that yet. But my sister soon gets ready to cut Kalalu, right? And, and we, we, we can't reap if we don't sow. Um, Charles That's right. Said, Do all the good you can by all the means you can. I want to read that again. Do all the good you can. Now you're going to get hurt in doing good. Somebody's going to step on your toe, but do all the good you can by all the means you can. 
sometimes it's not easy to do it, but we must do it. And we must do it in all the ways we can and in all the places that we can at all the times that you can. Oh, this sounds so good. Do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times that you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Oh, my Lord, what a powerful word. And look for the opportunity to do good. Look for all the opportunity to do all the good you can. Then he, he, he kept it. And this was a personal message. He wrote this letter himself. Didn't ask his secretary to write it. Didn't ask anybody else. He used his own fingers. And he penned this letter to them, getting their attention. That's how important they were. And um, in the end, he says that in all that you have done, um, David Brainard said we should always look upon ourselves as God's servants, placed in God's world to do his work, and accordingly labor faithfully for him, not with a design to grow rich and great. Can I say that one again? Not with a design to grow rich or great, but to glorify God. And you need to ask yourself, whatever you're going to do, whatever you're doing, is it glorifying God? If God is not getting the glory from it, then, my friend, you're just wasting time. You're wasting energy. Do it so that we can, God can be glorified, not to get rich and great, Again, I go back to Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God God. than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You might suffer and you might not think, uh, you might think it that, why am I going through all that I'm going? Why am I suffering this way? Why is it that I don't have any money? Why is it that I'm always broke? Why is it that I'm always tired? If you're doing it and God is glorified, you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. And he says, after you have done all of that, glory in the cross. Glory in the cross. Who or what shall separate me from the love of Christ Jesus? Shall distress, shall famine, shall persecution, shall sword, shall nakedness, Nay, in all of these things we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. That love us. Amen. The soldiers out there who fought for you and now they are laid aside or we are celebrating their memory. They did well. They did well. And that's why we have this weekend that we can celebrate. Celebrate, my friends. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate doing good. And don't be weary in well-doing. And what a gracious conclusion that he brought it to. He says, from henceforth, let no man trouble me. (laughs) Let no man trouble me. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He says, Amen. 
And, and um, Paul thought of his physical marks here. Perhaps he was thinking of the, the, the fan mark from the snake bite. The 195 lashes he received of the Jews in five separate beatings. Or the calluses on the bottom of his feet from the three times he was beaten with rods. Or his many scars from the time he was stoned and left for dead. In any case, in any case, amen, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Thank God for unmerited favor. Thank God for his grace that is keeping us. So just to recap, we are to restore anyone overtaken in a fault or a trespass, overtake them. But while I was reading this, it also jumped out at me. The person must be willing to be restored. If you cannot be spoken to, if you are wrong and nobody can correct you, you are in trouble. We are to bear our own burden. We are to listen to good advice. And we are to bear one another's burden. We are are to prove our own work, not someone else. And your work will be tried by fire. We are to share good things with those who teach us the word. And he talks about that, and I won't get into that now. But he said you must take care of your pastor. Right? That's right. Provide for your pastor. That's what he said. Because some people are not concerned about that at all, but they want you to give up your best. Take right. care of your pastor. Respect your pastor. Appreciate your pastor. And let him, let him, let him feel good. Dress him up. So when he goes, let him look good. Right, that's your pastor, that's your man of God. And if you don't do it, God can provide raven to take care of that. But you're called upon by Paul to do that. Blessings to you today as we go through that. And may the grace of God be with you. We say amen and amen. Amen. Amen, amen. What a wonderful word, wonderful set of instructions by our senior pastor and also by Paul. And, um, you know, God has a due season for all the seeds you plant. God has a due season for all the seeds you plant. The question is always, what are you planting? What are you planting? And Paul says, if you're doing well, Right? And you're not weary. You always think about a farmer and how the farmer has to go through the different seasons and understand what will grow within the specific season that you're in. Right? But he says, if, if you do well, if you are diligent, if you are faithful to your task, in due season you shall reap. So I want to encourage each and every one of you right uh what what are we to do during the growing time of our seeds well number 1 we should refuse to become discouraged we cannot become discouraged number 2 we must determine to keep our faith alive and active number 3 give and keep on giving love and keep on loving. Know this, a harvest is guaranteed if you continue doing these three things. Continue in an attitude 
of expectancy, right? And it's going to take time. Some are going to have a quick return. Some is going to be a slow return. It might take years. It might even take a lifetime. But you must continue in an attitude of expectancy. And that's what we want to encourage you to do today. Continue in an attitude of expectancy. I don't know about any one of you, but I'm pretty sure Senior Pastor will join in with me and say, we have an attitude of expectancy. Right? Amen. Uh, the, 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 the psalmist says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. There are times when we are going to have to go through the difficulty of digging the hole, of planting. But we are guaranteed that there is a harvest that is coming. There is a guaranteed harvest and, 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 that is coming. And Pastor, just, just to add to that, something just jumped out at me. The farmer... Don't have it easy, you know. Right. Sometimes I'm going to feel and I'm wet up. Sometimes sun burn him and sweat right. him, sweat him. Wipe sweat from his brow. Sometimes I'm go and my fear run, fight with animals. When my sister, um, Aki, comes in, we have to fight with the squirrel. Them eating right. them from, 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 from them young, you know. So, I mean, right. it's not easy. It's to reap. You have to go through some process. You got to go through some steps. Some people just want to put down the seed and expect it to come tomorrow. Like to grow. Got <laughs> no. to wait. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. But that has been an echoing theme, I believe, um, through the entire book of Galatians. Actually, since we've been quarantined, there is a, there is a, a lesson in the waiting and I think God is teaching us um, through these situations that we need to wait. That has been an echoing theme. I've been seeing it from the time we have started until now uh, in, in this process, uh, that we need to wait on the Lord. And we can't just drop. As senior pastor says, we can't drop the seed and then all of a sudden it grows. There's, there is a process that is involved. And I, I do believe, and I've been saying this forever, that the Christian life is a process. Um, and, and some people are, are going to mature faster than others, right? It just depends on where you are, where your relationship is with Christ. But we know that uh, living the Christian life can and will be difficult. But we are encouraged that if we continue with an attitude of expectancy, then a harvest is guaranteed. So that's Amen. our encouragement to you. Continue with an attitude of expectancy because a harvest is guaranteed. Amen. Senior pastor, if you can, pray for those individuals that are in the waiting process uh, for their seed to mature. Oh God, we just Bless your name this morning. The earth is full of your glory. And we give glory and honor to your word this morning. I humble myself before you. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have claimed and quieted myself 
like a wind child who no longer cries for his mother's milk. Oh, Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind you promised. Listen to my prayer. Rescue me as your promised child. Let praise flow from my lips, for you have taught me your degrees. Let my tongue sing about your word, for all your commandments are right. Give me a helping hand, for I have chosen to follow your commandments, O Lord. I have longed for your rescue, and your instructions are my delight. Let me live so I can praise you, and may your regulations help me. I have wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me. I have not forgotten your commands. And we pray this morning for those who are listening, for those who need help, for those who are weary with their journey. Oh, God, for those this morning who need you, they need a helping hand. For those, oh, God, who are faint-hearted this morning, we bear one another's burden. We help us, Lord, not to be haughty, to be high-minded, but help us, Lord, to humble ourselves before you, and you will lift us up. We praise you this morning. We are called to live for God and to demonstrate your goodness, and we pray that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let this be a resounding theme, that, O oh God, we will dwell in your house, forever for you love the habitation of the lord help us lord that we will praise you we open up everything to you today we open up the doors we open up the windows to you today the doors of our heart the windows of our mind we open that to you this morning will you come in king jesus king jesus we know that you will roll every burden away and so we come to you this morning. Bless everyone this morning. Everyone in the hearing of my voice. Anybody sick in body, we pray for a healing touch this morning. Thank you for those who have hazarded their lives for us. Uh, not only our Bible characters, but the soldiers who we celebrate this weekend. Oh God, we pray for everyone. Have mercy, we pray. Have mercy, we pray. And give us strength in Jesus' holy name we pray we say amen and amen amen just a a quick note that this 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 lesson or even these lessons that we're we're teaching they're they're adopted from the evangelical sunday school lesson commentary um this version is uh 2019 and 2020 um so we really praise god for the efforts that they're doing uh pathway press uh, that you know they continue to print this every year and we really appreciate them for doing so